Amen. Amen. Uh, very excited to dive in this morning to the Word. Are you ready to dive into the Word this morning? Hear what the Lord has to say. Um, we just finished an incredible series in Philippians, uh, walking through. We walked through the entire book of Philippians, verse 1 till all the way to the end in chapter 4, and just took a look at what God was saying to the church. And that ended last week. Uh, I encourage you to continue uh, to, re- to study Philippians and read that book. It speaks to us today. Well, this morning, uh, I'm really excited to dive into what I believe will be a life-giving series uh, this, this Christmas season titled Hope for Christmas. How many of you would like to get a little hope for Christmas? Somehow just, just box it up, put some wrapping paper on it, put it under the tree, and let me open up some hope for Christmas. How many of you like to get presents? How many of you like to give presents? Isn't that more fun? Honestly? It's so, so much fun to give gifts. And, and today is a gift, uh, for me. Uh, I'm gonna walk around a lot this morning. Because I can. I'm gonna, gonna use the stage as much as possible. Because next week, I'm going to be sitting right here. Uh, Before Thanksgiving, I had a doctor's appointment, and uh, they they did an MRI on my ankle. And uh, this past week, Monday, I had a follow-up visit. And it looks like they want to do surgery on my ankle. And so this Tuesday, if you think about it, Pray for me that everything will go super well, it'll go super great, but I will not be able to put my foot on the ground for six weeks. Jesus, take the wheel. So I got a little wheelie bob, I call it. I got to put my, you know, get a little wheelie bob. And, and so uh, it's going to be different. So I'm going to enjoy the stage this morning. How's that sound? Is that Okay. I'm sorry, Joey, you're going to have to chase me down with the camera. He's probably flipping back and forth. Where's he going today? Um, but uh, you know me, uh, very energetic uh, typically, and so that's going to be difficult for me over the next few weeks, but it's going to be good. It's going to be okay. God's in control, right? Gifts for Christmas, hope for Christmas. I, I want hope. I love hope. I love Christmas. I, 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 I enjoy Christmas, grew up loving Christmas uh, as a kid. Come on. Who doesn't like to wake up Christmas morning and see all the gifts around the tree and experience all the good things that are there? The anticipation, the, the hope of, of what we are about to receive when we, when we open up those presents, whether you do it on Christmas Eve or you do it on Christmas morning. Uh, I remember growing up, uh, waking up super, super early in the morning to open presents. I remember running into mom and dad's room and jumping on the bed and, and waking them up at 4.30 in the morning. It's time for Christmas! <laughs> oh. I remember when our kids did the same thing to us. I remember when we got wise and we put a time curfew on when Christmas could begin. You cannot wake us up until 6 a.m., you know they were sitting upstairs together at the top of the stairs waiting till it hit 6 a.m. And then they came running down to wake us up. There's this anticipation. There's this hope that, that takes place as it revolves around Christmas. I'll never forget. Come on, how many of you have a specific Christmas that you remember? A, a gift that was given, a special time that you had. I, I remember as a child there were two Christmases that, that I, I vividly remember. I remember the Christmas that I got my first real, not a little, little thing, but a real bicycle. I came down and we walk around the corner and there's a bike in front of the tree. Christmas was over. We're done. Huge red bow on it. Man, I loved this thing. And, and, and there I was experiencing the joy of receiving something like that. I remember when I got my, 
my first skateboard. I remember, I can think back and remember many times our memories serve us with those good times and maybe something that we received or something that we gave, some, some special gift that we couldn't wait to give our kids. We couldn't wait to, to give them this and surprise them and see their face when this took place, when this happened. I, I love Christmas. I, I thought everyone loved Christmas. Come to find out, as I was going through high school, I found out not everyone did Christmas. I had friends who were of, of different uh, back, religious backgrounds, and, and they didn't celebrate Christmas like we did in our family. It wasn't something that they did on a regular day. They weren't amped and excited about Christmas because they just didn't celebrate it. I remember learning, too, that, that uh, many, with the buildup of Christmas and then the letdown after Christmas, many times, or following Christmas in January and February, can be a time that is filled with anxiety followed by depression. When we've lost loved ones and when, when the holidays bring difficult memories and difficult times or maybe we find ourselves alone that we've never been. And so I understand that sometimes the holidays can be very difficult in those moments. I know that as we go through life that we have ups and we have downs. I found out too uh, very quickly as I got into ministry and Bible college and talking with and walking through people that, that Christmas really was very controversial in many areas, in many ways for both Christian and for non-Christian. There's some unique things that take place in and around Christmas. This morning, I want to really just bring to you a message titled, Hope Out of Controversy. Hope Out of controversy. I believe that as we take a look at what Christmas is and what it means and maybe even explore the controversies that the world has in as it relates to Christmas that we can also experience too we we live in a world that's filled with controversy. Am I right? Come on, how many of you have experienced a little controversy this year? Like right now. Should we wear a mask or shouldn't we? Should we quarantine or should we somehow subject ourselves to herd mentality? Should we experience a quarantine? Should we shut down society? Should we keep society rolling? There are all kinds of triggers and controversial things. I mean, come on. Is it Christmas ham or is it a Christmas turkey? Big controversies that we experience and, and have to walk through and, and wade through. There are controversies every single week in the world of sports. If you're a sports fan, come on, that wasn't a penalty. There's controversial calls. There's things that don't go our way. Come on, the Detroit Lions would have 10 Super Bowl appearances if those refs weren't so terrible. That was a joke. Kind of like the team. Oh, oh, that's my team. I can say that. I love the Detroit Lions. We experience controversy in our lives. We, we have controversy maybe with others in our family, our home, our, our life experiences. We, we have those moments that we encounter controversy. I'm sure we've all encountered someone who just doesn't quite think the way that we do. And, and in that, we have to learn and navigate controversy. We live in a world that's filled with controversy. But I want you to know, and I want you to see this morning, that out of the greatest controversies in life, the greatest controversies that you and I experience, listen to this, hope was born. Jesus Christ was born to bring hope to you and I today. Did you know He was born in controversy. He was born out of some prophecies that took place and they were controversial for their day. We're going to dive in. We're going to take a look at some of these controversies and how they speak to us today. How you and I can experience the hope that Jesus Christ has for us. So let's start by taking a look at some of the controversies that we experience in Christmas. Because out of 
out of controversy, hope is born. First of all, what is Christmas? Christmas is, uh, has its roots and its origin, of course, out of the Catholic Church. During the Christmas season, they, they do a Mass, and it was the Christ's Mass during the Christmas season, which later just became merged together and became Christmas. And out of that, over time, the, the Christ Mass becoming Christmas. So we know that its origins uh, of Christmas are, are a Christian holiday. They're born out of that, out of goodness, some really good things. Um, the first thing I want to take a look at, uh, when we talk about controversies with Christmas, uh, the first thing that we take a look at is the date uh, the date of Christmas. And uh, the date of Christmas is, is uh, why, why do we celebrate Christmas on December 25th? Because the calendar tells us to, right? It's a, it's a holiday that we experience. Why do we celebrate on December 25th? Uh, was this when Jesus was actually born? Uh, no one really knows the date that Jesus was born. Uh, there's no exact science to know exactly the day and the time uh, when the the calendar year was created. Uh, it was determined by uh, Dionysius, Dionysius. He put together the calendar and he did the math. And it's it's probably what they say is Jesus was probably born somewhere between two and four. B.C. Think about that. 2 and 4 B.C. So if we put that together, think about this. Christ was born before Christ. I think that's kind of cool. You want to know why? Because he existed in eternity before he was born here on earth. He always existed. No man's calendar can put that. But to understand that he was probably born somewhere between 2 and 4 B.C. before Christ, I, I find that pretty cool. December 25th became the day to celebrate Christmas when Constantine, who was the emperor of Rome around the 4th century, uh, they, they really, it was around the year 336 A.D. is when Christmas became and fell upon uh, December 25th. Why that day? Let me share that it's controversial. Some say that it's because December 25th is exactly nine months following March 25th, which it is very much believed that that's the day that Mary was visited by an angel declaring that she would give birth to a child. Some say that's the exact day, too, that Christ was crucified. And so we take a look at that. December 25th was exactly nine months past then. So we see these things line up and begin to fall into place. December 25th was also uh, the end of a Roman festival called Saturn Saturnalia. And this incredible time was celebrating the winter solstice of the the sun god sun remember that the sun god was was worshiped on this festive time and that day that they did later became sunday and sunday in the week became a time for those who began to believe in christ instead of worshiping these gods and the festival on this day of the sun they took sunday and began to worship the risen sun the lord and savior jesus christ the history of this is really quite remarkable as as you look at at what jesus did and how he walked in these world and stepped into the world everything about it is a miracle everything about it points to how good our god is how perfect he is his timing is incredible there are actually a lot of people who believe jesus was born earlier in the fall or even in the spring some argue that he was born at the time of the jewish feast of tabernacle which was later in the fall others say it was possibly at the time of passover really in reality the actual date of his birth isn't so controversial as the event itself and how the world celebrates it today we all know there are 
Christmas traditions. How many of you have some great traditions that you're looking forward to sharing in with family and friends? We have Christmas traditions that, that we walk through as a family. We have a number of them. I've shared those throughout the year. I don't understand why. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea why. I really need to find out. But in our family, when someone gives and receives socks as a gift, for some reason, that's a big deal. How many of you love a pair of socks? When, when, when I am with my mom's side of the family and someone opens up socks, the entire room explodes. Socks! Socks! They got socks! I mean, you would freak out if you were there. It's like the biggest deal in the world. Silly traditions. We have traditions that we all experience and and experience for Christmas. There's, there's traditions that we have with some of the meals that we prepare. There's traditions that we have uh, in experiencing those. Uh, many Christians, we have created Christmas traditions. The world has Christmas traditions. We all do. Here are some of the traditions that typically cause controversy in the realm of the world, in the realm of, of uh, Christendom, in the realm of the church. Here's my question to you today. Who is Santa Claus? Come on, how many of you had to explain that to a child once or twice? How many of you remember explaining and finally breaking the news that Santa Claus doesn't exist? I... I saw a funny meme this past week. They said, hey, if uh, you're having a difficult financial year, this would be the time to let your children know that Santa Claus didn't make it through the pandemic. (laughs) Come on, that's morbid, right? That's harsh. And I saw that and I thought, you know, isn't that interesting? We hear, and if I'm blowing up someone's world, then you're here and I'm, you're just now learning that Santa Claus doesn't exist? I'm sorry. Here's what we understand. Here's what we know. We know some things about the origins of Santa Claus. We understand where he came from. St. Nicholas was an incredible uh, man who had great wealth. And he chose to take his wealth and give it to the poor. And he began to give all of those things out. And he wanted to, to bless others with his what he had been blessed with. So he continually gave gifts. And he, he gave those things. And, and he wanted others to experience the blessing that he had. And he chose to give those those away. The legend somehow grew from a story of a man who wanted to give gifts away to now some man in a magical place creating toys for the world. We understand that over time the, the, the relativity of everything in the story of Christmas has taken on a, a new life. The church named a day in honor called St. Nicholas Day on December 6th. So the season of St. Nick... The season of St. Nick, which is Christmas, all of a sudden then became all merged together as we celebrate Christmas. What about the hanging of stockings? How many of you hang stockings in your home? Some of you don't? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Hanging of stockings is, again, traced back to St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas many times would walk through the neighborhood and he would... would, I don't understand it. Maybe it was warmer there. But it said that he would drop gifts in of money into homes through their window. And many times those gifts would fall near the fireplace where because of the work that day, people would hang their socks, stockings, socks on the fireplace to dry. And because they were there and that's where the money, all of a sudden over time, we now have the stocking stuffers and the things that people put on their on their mantle and they put it up there. Uh, how many of you? I, I don't know if you do. We we do. We 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 do the stocking thing. Don't look down on me. We do the stocking thing. We we fill our kids' stuff with stockings. Christmas is also about giving gifts. This is a mixture of the story of St. Nicholas giving to the poor and also the wise men bringing gifts 
to Jesus. There are origins, there are passageways, and there are things that lead to what you and I experience as Christmas today. There are controversies, there are things that people like and don't like. All of these things, really, the gift of giving should be the least controversial. Gifts should be given in the spirit of love and to show the love of Christ to others. The the problem is, is when the gift becomes greater than giving, receiving becomes greater than the giving and somehow we we understand that we know that or when the gift becomes greater than the giver did you know the greatest gift was given to you and i and that's by our lord and savior jesus christ and when the gift is bigger than the giver himself we have a problem and so at Christmas, we understand that, and we, like the wise men, we, we bring our gifts. We give and exchange gifts. What about the Christmas tree? The Christmas tree itself. How many of you already have your Christmas tree up? How many of you had it up way early this year? Like earlier than ever before. I think it was the first week of November. I looked at Tony. I said, I'm ready for a Christmas tree. I need something. We want something. I think, I think the world was looking for something happy, looking for an exciting time, because something about Christmas brings hope. There's an anticipation of what's to come, of this moment that we're going to experience on Christmas morning. And, and even though we understand all of these things about Christmas, there's something exciting about it. There was a preacher called Boniface. Boniface was was ministering in northern Germany. And when he was there, uh, there was, uh, of course, during that time, they, they really... Now, you've heard the term tree hugger, right? Someone who loves trees, someone who loves nature, someone who loves... Now, the people of northern Germany were like that. In fact, there was a tree there that was very sacred. And... Uh, and it was really an honor to a pagan god of northern Germany. People believed that if anyone hurt that tree, cut that tree down, that they would be doomed. Boniface cut the tree down. And nothing happened to him. And he began to preach about Jesus. And because nothing happened to him in northern Germany, they began to listen to the message of the gospel. They began to listen to the message of Jesus. It is said that he cut down a fir tree. How many of you know what a fir tree is? He cut down a, a fir tree and he put it out and he used this tree as an example for Jesus. He used it. He said this, the tree, come on, how many of you have a tree? tree looks like this. If yours doesn't, you need a new tree. This tree is pointing to Jesus. This tree, and he began to walk through it, is an evergreen. It is green like none of the other trees all throughout the year. Did you know that Jesus' goodness is green and plentiful all throughout the year? He took this tree that they used to worship and he took it and he used a different tree to point them to Jesus. If you have a Christmas tree in your home, I want you to know it's pointing to Jesus this morning. It's pointing to Him. Come a tradition now that's passed on year after year. We have a Christmas tree. Other controversies that, that we experience in the church around Christmas is, is come on, what about music? Or the lack of music? Store music? Sacred music? Good Music. Everyone has a different idea of good music, bad music, what's all that music. How many of you know that we live in a day and age in a world today that takes the story of Christmas? We, we experience it in a consumer world where all of a sudden we, we, we feel and we experience our Merry Christmas turned into Happy Holidays. Oh, I got a boo. I like that. And the consumer world that we live in today is doing everything that it can. Of course, we understand that, that they're trying in many ways. And I, I'm not judging any person, any company. I, I'm not calling them out. I don't care. I don't care about those things. I, I do understand that in the world today, I, I know people like 
we shouldn't sing songs about Santa Claus. We shouldn't sing songs about this or that or the other thing. And I, I think sometimes we get our minds and eyes focused on so many things and difficult things that we can't experience what Christmas is all about. And did you know this? This is kind of true. When, when we focus on the things we don't like and we like to tell people about, did you know the greatest thing we like to tell people about are the things that we don't like? We tell people about the things we don't like. Did you know what that does? When we tell people what we don't like, you know it takes their attention and puts it on the very thing that they don't like or we don't like, and it makes them, well, I want to know about it. Someone tells me about something, I want to explore that. I want to see what that's all about. It literally takes my mind and my attention there. We live in a consumer world that, that we understand uh, is all about, I mean, Christmas is by far one of the most lucrative holidays on the planet. It's created a lot of controversy. Being vocal about that sometimes can do damage. It can hurt. We understand. Who knew that Christmas itself could create such controversy? I ask this question. Is there a war over Christmas? Whose is it? What is Christmas? Is Christ really being taken out of Christmas? Is Happy Holidays replacing Merry Christmas? I'm here to tell you public studies have been done. And more than often than not, more people are more excited when they hear and happy to hear Merry Christmas because of who Christ is versus Happy Holidays. This is not a message about Christmas versus Happy Holidays. It's just explaining. We live in a world where there are controversies all the time. The controversy is not Christmas. The controversy goes all the way back and started not with a holiday. It started with the Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. He is the center of that controversy. We live in a world that is in constant war against the things of God against holiness, against those things. And so we don't, we don't understand, or we do understand, that all of those things point back to a day when Christ was born. And when Christ was born, something incredible happened. When He was born, the world was in controversy. There were all kinds of things. How many of you can look at the world today and see some controversy? We have controversy that abounds. We have controversy that is taking place. And just like then, Jesus stepped into that situation. In that moment, as a child, a Savior was sent to earth to step in and to bring hope in the midst of controversy. Controversy over Christmas. It's always been that way. The controversy of this world started, as I mentioned, way before Way before consumer stores created any kinds of controversy. It even started centuries before. I want to read a couple of accounts from God's Word that will help us understand the controversies that still extend to us today. It starts from Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 1 through 7. I want you to hear this story. I want you to grab a hold of it. Two years ago, uh, we did an, an entire Christmas series based on these seven verses. We walked through them and experienced the God who was uh, predicted and given this incredible prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 1. The land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land, listen to this, for those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. 
For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by the war will all be burned. They will be fuel for fire. Listen to this. This is where it begins. The hope and all that was talked about for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never... Wait a minute. Government and peace? Am I the only one that sees the irony in that? The government, His government, and its peace will never end. Can I get an amen? It will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of His ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. This passage, we took a look uh, a couple of years ago, as I mentioned, and we walked through everything that this meant to you and I. We now come across this next verse, and I want you to see this in Micah 5.2. This is an incredible prophecy. It says, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. So it's naming the village. And it says, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. Now listen to this. And I'm going to look to my notes right now because I don't want to miss a thing about what this verse means. Listen to this. God, this verse, God is faithful to His people. Even when they go astray, and despite their prolonged rebellion against their long-suffering, covenant-keeping God. Did you know that we have a covenant-keeping God? He is covenant-keeping. He is long-suffering. He watches over us. Even when we go astray, He is there for us. He remains faithful to His children, for He promised to send a Redeemer who would save His people from their sin. And the birthplace of their Messiah was identified as Bethlehem Ephratah. This little town was known as the town of David. God's Word literally speaks history into being. Hello? God's Word speaks history in this moment into being. Years sometimes century before it was even acted upon or took place, this town in the region of Judah was proclaimed to be the chosen place from which the Messiah would be born. But although this verse identifies the birthplace of Christ with astonishing accuracy, it further proclaims with equal authority, listen to this, that this coming ruler of Israel who is the promised deliverer of God's people, would also be deity. God with us. Emmanuel. This, from this prophecy, we learned where the Savior would be born. We learned that He would be deity. God with us. Emmanuel. What an incredible passage that this shares with us. This small village in Judah would soon produce a ruler from Israel or for Israel, of all Israel. The origins are in the past. We look and we see that. We see all of these things take place. The controversy only continues to grow. In this moment, the controversy now grows. Now, we just looked at the prophecy. We just saw from Isaiah and from Micah these words that were declared. Now, the controversy even grows further when we take a look at Luke chapter 1. 
beginning in verse 26. This is the prophecy that we just read, now being fulfilled. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Confused, what are you saying? Listen to this. The angel looked at Mary and said, Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never, ever end. Wow, what an incredible picture as we see both the prophecy and the fulfillment of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We understand that when we read this, and He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Come on. Now that is hope. That is where we receive hope. Our hope is in the fact that Jesus Christ will reign forever. And though this world may never accept Him, we are going to live in controversy. But it's out of controversy that hope is born. It was in controversy that the hope of the world, light of the world, was born for you and I. And I declare today, in the state of the world that you and I live in, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Our God brings hope to you and I forever and ever. Amen. You and I can experience that hope like never before. He wants us to experience and know that the same God who declared His birth, who was born and came to this earth, He is alive today and He's alive forevermore. And He's with us. God with us. Emmanuel. I want you to know that God is with you today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? All across this room. Pastor Leon, would you please come and just begin to play? Just for a moment, I just want you to understand and and just to hear what these last final thoughts, I want you to just, if you would, just close yourself in. You don't even need to to look around. Just, Just listen to the words that I'm about to share with you. You and I shouldn't be surprised when we experience controversy. Don't let it make you feel frustrated or bitter. Christmas is not the controversy. Christ is the controversy. There will always be controversy when it comes to Jesus. But He is still the hope of the world and He is still the hope for each and every one of us. There is nothing wrong with having fun with the story of a man who loved to help others and give gifts to others. We celebrate this time of year with a Christmas tree, stockings, gifts, desserts, all the celebration. But all of the celebration has a message. A Savior is born. He came to set us free. He came to set us free from this world's control. I don't know about you, but to me, that's worth celebrating. That's worth placing our hope What is most important today is that this story of Jesus does not somehow somehow become mashed together with all of the trimming and the trappings of, of a holiday that the message of Christ in our hearts, in our lives, as we celebrate during the season, we know that we celebrate Christ. We celebrate Him. His hope is still eternal. He is still the light of the world. This season that we celebrate is the hope that we have. The world that we live in is full of controversy today. 
we could shake our heads and we can maybe even even try to discuss or ascertain, understand all the things that are happening. In this moment, I want each and every one of us to hear these words. No matter what controversy comes our way, Jesus Christ is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the light of the world. And He wants to be the light in your home. He wants to be the light in your heart. He wants to be the light in your family. He wants to be the light in your life. He wants to be the lifter of your head. His hope is here for you and I today. You may have come into this place and you said, you know what? I've got so many things going on. It's the busyness of the season. All of a sudden now with this pandemic and Christmas and how are we going to do this and I can't get together with family and I've talked to people and they're frustrated and there's frustrating things that happen in the world and there's all kinds of those things that are going on right now in hearts and lives all across the world and in this room and I am here to tell you today that in all these things Jesus Christ is alive and He is hope for your situation He is hope for you So this morning, as we close our service and our time together, before we leave today and as we've kind of bowed our hearts before Him, maybe you've slipped in today. Maybe you're visiting with friends or family. Maybe you don't really know the Lord. Maybe you joined us online and, and, and you just tuned in. And Maybe you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior. I, I don't believe that you're here by accident. I don't believe that you found us online by accident. I, I believe that it's for this moment that you are here. And maybe just now God is speaking to your heart and your life. I want you to know that the greatest thing... I could do this morning is I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. It's not complicated. In fact, the Bible says it's very easy. It is very simple. The Bible says, call upon me and I will answer you. Whomever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I want to invite you this morning to pray this simple prayer. If you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I invite you to say this prayer with me. In fact, I'm going to invite everyone in this room, everyone who's watching online, would you say this prayer together with me? It's very simple. Would you repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you Lord and Savior. Amen. It's that simple. Asking Jesus into our life is that simple. It's a request. The Bible said, call on me and you will be saved. If you called on him today, the Bible says that in this moment, he has come into your heart. He has set you free. He has given you life and hope and peace. In this room, how many of you are thankful that our God gives us hope and peace today? That we can walk through the things of this world and understand that there is nothing that can keep us. If you prayed that prayer, we want to walk with you. I, I hope that you'll go online and you'll, you'll text the word believe to that number that you see on your screen. I, I pray that you maybe even text the word connect. We would love to come alongside of you, walk with you, and understand this, that you don't have to walk this path journey alone. I know we live in a day and age where it seems like everybody is separated and alone. We, the body of Christ, need to be more in tune to the needs of those around us like never, ever before. I pray that as we journey through this series, Hope for Christmas, that you will experience hope like never before. Today, I pray hope has found a place in your heart. I pray that your situations are experiencing hope in the light of Christ today. He is here. He is alive. He goes with you. When you walk out of this room, it doesn't stay here. It goes with you today. I hope that you'll get plugged in. I want you to know that we're praying for you. Every single week, our team, our staff, we are praying for this body and asking God to touch you, to move in your hearts and your lives. Today, as we close, 
I just want to declare these words over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you His favor and give you His peace. How many of you receive that today? In the name of Jesus. Come on. If that's you, would you just lift your hands right where you're at. Father, we just ask you, Lord, to send your peace upon your people. May your blessing rest, your hope, your face to shine. Lord, may you be gracious to us in our coming and our going. Lord, we pray this. We declare it. We ask it. We speak it over this body in the name of Jesus. And everyone said... Amen. Be blessed. Have an incredible week. Know and go with hope, knowing that He walks with you. Be blessed this week.